Well, would you now, my friends, take your message outline. It's in your bulletin, in your program, if you want to take that. Or if you don't have one, slip your hand up. And ushers, can you quickly pass one out, please? Pass them out to folks with their hands up, including the people in the front here, because I'm going to be giving them a test afterwards, and uh, they'll wish that they were able to take notes. Who knows? There might be some kind of a bonus. Who knows? Amen? All right. Well, can you tell me, or who knows how long it takes to fly from California to Hawaii? Anybody know? All right, I heard. Yes, brother. How long? Uh, well, if, if I think you're probably thinking of from Toronto to Hawaii, but just from California, somewhere in California like Los Angeles or San Francisco, it takes about five to six hours. I think I heard five to six hours from others of you. You're probably thinking of, you know, directly from Toronto. So keep that in mind because, well, in other words, it's a long way, right? It's a long way from California to Hawaii. Dr. Lisa Autar, I have a joke for you. Let's hear it, she says. Maybe you can tell it down in Barbados. A man was praying to God, saying things like, God, I follow all your commandments. I don't live in vain. Lord, would you please grant me one wish? And God said to him, what would you like, my son? What would you like? The man said, please build me a bridge from California to Hawaii and back. Build me a bridge. And God said, that's kind of a huge, huge request. It's a tall order. Can you give me something much easier? The man said, okay, God, okay, tell me then everything there is to know about a woman and why she thinks the way she thinks. Then God said, so, do you want a two-lane or a four-lane bridge from California to Hawaii? Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, my friends, today's theme is praying with our fingers. Praying with our fingers. I introduced to you part one in this brief series in a previous message, Praying with Our Fingers. And uh, reminded us that Psalm 88, verse 9 says, Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift up my hands to you for mercy. And so sometimes when we pray, we lift up our hands like this. Sometimes when we pray, we lift up our hands like this, right? It's kind of a traditional form of uh, prayer, posture for prayer. And in the previous message, 
I suggested to you that the left hand can remind us who to pray for, who to pray for. And as I said in the first message, the basic idea for this message, I initially heard from Pastor Rick Warren, but this, or these messages uh, are, and have ended up being very different from what I initially heard from him. But the basic idea I heard from Pastor Rick Warren, and I always want to give credit where credit is due, although I'm not sure if the idea initially was from someone else, okay? But anyway, in the first message I said to us, let the left hand, okay, remind us as to who to pray for. And I suggested that the thumb, the thumb, which is closest to our heart, you know, when we put up our hands like this for prayer, I suggested that the thumb remind us to pray for whom? Right, family and friends. Okay. And then we said, let the index finger remind us to pray for? Teachers and leaders, very good. You're so smart, especially when you can see it on the screen. <laughs> All right? And then we said the tallest finger, the tallest finger on the left hand, I gotta keep these other ones down so you see the tallest finger, can remind us to pray for influencers, right? For influencers uh, that might be sometimes a prime minister, uh, president, but the reality is in North America and probably in a lot of other co countries and cultures as well, in North America, people like celebrities, movie stars, big name music groups, high profile athletes tend to have a lot of influence over society. Whether we like it or not, that's reality. And we need to pray that their influence is gonna be a good and positive influence rather than negative. Amen? All right, so now today we come to, let's say, the fourth finger here. Let me put those two down and that down. My fingers don't always want to cooperate. Do yours? Anyway, so we come now to this, to this finger, which uh, we can call the ring finger. I've got a ring on my finger, all right? So that's the ring finger, and this finger can, by the way, ever since I got married, you know, I don't think I've been able to get this ring off. <laughs> I don't know if it's glued on there or, or it shrunk after I put it on or maybe my finger got a little fatter. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's true, Cindy. I don't think I've ever had it off. Uh, anyway, well, it's another story. Right. Okay, so the ring finger can remind us to pray for the weak, meaning the sick, the poor, children. You know, children are, are weak. Children are weak. I mean, I look at my little grandson. I look at our newborn little granddaughter, Everly Ruth, and obviously those two little ones, as your little ones, are very, very weak. I mean, sometimes they can be strong and show temper and all that, but... Generally, they're weak, and they're very dependent upon mom, dad, grandparents, and other adults to care for them, right? So the ring finger can remind us to pray for the weak, uh, and that includes elderly, elderly. Uh, by the way, speaking, speaking of elderly, I, I want to commend several elderly people in our church. I want to commend them because, you know what? 
rain, shine, or snow, they're in church. I mean, a, a few weeks ago, yeah, a few weeks ago we had a snowstorm, and a lot of you younger ones, you didn't show up for church. But the older ones, they were here. Some of the older ones drove all the way, all the way from northwest, from Canada's Wonderland where they live. So give, give some of our seniors a hand, would you? Amen. Amen. So the ring finger can also remind us to pray for handicapped people, people that, that have various needs, okay? All right. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you've ever noticed it, but in, in my hand, this, this uh, fourth finger tends, tends to be kind of weak. You know, uh, I, I don't know if some of you have done uh, uh, lifts with them, if you've ever tried doing lifts. I, I don't, but some of you are into a lot of uh, exercise and that kind of thing. But, you know, my, my little finger, well, this fourth finger is, is kind of a weak finger, and it reminds me to pray for the weak. So, I want to remind us that Jesus wants us to pray and help whoever is sick, poor, and needy. Matthew 25, verses 35 and 36, says this. It says, the Lord is speaking, Jesus. He says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Amen? And then Psalm 72, verse 13 says, He, the Lord, feels pity for the weak and the needy, and so should you and I. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, Take tender care of those who are weak. Psalm 136, verse 23 declares, he, the Lord, remembered us in our weakness. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord remembered us. He remembered you and you and you and you and you up in the balcony. Radio listeners, the Lord remembered you and remembers you in your weakness. How beautiful that is. How, how marvelous. So may our ring finger on the left hand remind us to remember to pray for the week. It is under this category, by the way, it's under this category that we should especially use our church prayer list that we put in the bulletin. And as we indicated earlier today, it's on a nice light green uh, colored piece of paper. On the bulletin prayer list that you see, you'll find the names of people who are currently in various Hospitals, you see the names of people who have gone home from hospitals but still need a lot of recovery. Uh, they are still weak and require the Lord's help to fully heal up. On the prayer list, you also see the names of the dear families who in recent days have experienced the, the, the passing of a loved one and therefore are hurting, are hurting and, and are weak emotionally and need the Lord's strength, need the Lord's comfort. And so as you look at that list, of people who have been bereaved and people who are in hospital or who are recovering and have other special needs. Let's continue to pray one for another. Amen? And I want to thank the many of you who, 
who every week use that green sheet, uh, use the prayer list to pray one for each other. Praise the Lord. So now let's, let's move on to the little finger. We call this what? The baby finger, right, normally? Uh, but I, or you can call it the small finger. So let's think about what the small finger. Well, this finger represents me, myself. In other words, it represents you. Pray for you. Pray for your, yourself. All right? And notice you pray for yourself not right at the start, but further on, you know, towards the end. I pray for myself last, you might say. It's okay, it's okay to pray for you, uh, for your own needs, but we, we don't wanna start selfishly. We wanna pray for other people and other people's needs initially. We wanna start to pray for many others in the ways in which we have just spoken of, and eventually we pray for our own needs. All right, so now let's move to the right hand. We've talked about what the left hand can stand for in terms of reminding us, okay? So ju just uh, let's run by it again. The left thumb reminds us of what? Family and friends. The index finger, teachers and leaders. The tallest finger, the influencers. The ring finger, the sick the small finger, praying for yourself, your special needs. So now let's consider the right hand, what the right hand might remind us to pray for. All right? So to begin with, again, if we have our hands up in prayer like this, the right thumb points to what? Points to, to our heart. Points to, our, to our, our heart, doesn't it? And, um, and so this thumb can remind us to pray for my heart and the heart of others, okay? Let it be so, let it be so. Uh, our right thumb can serve to remind you and me to pray for our own heart, to pray for the heart of your husband or your wife if you're married. Pray for the heart of your, your son or daughter, uh, your mom or dad or some other family members and friends, okay? Now just to be clear, just to be clear, when we are talking about the heart, the heart, praying for the heart, we are, we are not referring to our heart muscle at this point. We're not referring to the heart muscle which pumps blood throughout our body. When we talk about the heart, we're talking about the inward nature. We're, we need to pray for our inward nature, the essence of who we are, the essence of who I am, amen? the essence of who you are, the essence of who I am. I mention this explanation because I've discovered over the years that people can easily misunderstand. It's, uh, it's like the young boy who was found standing on a Bible. He was standing on a Bible, and the boy was asked why he was standing on a Bible. And the young man responded and said, well, today in church, our 
pastor told us to stand on the word of God. So I'm standing on the Bible. All right? Here are some truths that we need to keep in mind when we pray about our heart. Here are some important truths. And I want to encourage you to take some notes here. And uh, although there might not seem to be a lot of space under the thumb in your notes, uh, we're not going to get beyond the thumb today so you can actually use the whole page there to make notes about praying in regards to the heart. So number one, <clears throat> number one, what your heart is like is a top priority for the Lord. Keep that in mind. How do we know this? Well, in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? The Lord looks at the heart, okay? So what your heart is like and what my heart is like is the top priority for the Lord. God is far more concerned about our inward nature than he is about how beautiful or how handsome we are on the outside. By the way, you are all very beautiful on the outside. You're very handsome, gentlemen, on the outside, okay? But ultimately, the Lord is more concerned about the inward beauty. Is there an amen in the house? The inward makeup, all right? Guys, when you're looking for a girl to date to get married, it's okay to look on the outside, but you gotta really discover the heart of that lady, the heart of that girl. Right, guys? Right? Similarly, similarly, girls, if you're thinking of dating someone, thinking of getting married to someone, hey, just don't go by, wow, he looks so handsome. He's handsome like our youth pastor. Oh, he's handsome like Mr. Ray. <clears throat> All right? You go more by the inward nature of the person, the inward beauty. Thank you. Someone has learned some lessons. <laughs> okay. So, what your heart is like is a top priority to the Lord. This is why we have to pray about our heart, our inward nature. Here's a second truth we need to keep in mind. God knows what is in your heart. Sometimes we think we can hide stuff from God, and it's almost like a joke. Acts 15, verse 8 says, God knows people's hearts. Now, most of us here know a little about x-rays and CAT scans and, and MRIs. How many of you across the years, how many of you have had either an x-ray, MRI, CAT scan? How, how many of you? Okay, the whole world has. The whole world. Okay. All right. So, in a sense, in a sense, the Lord has the biggest and the best 
CAT scan and MRI capability which enables him to see and know exactly what's in your heart and mine. And we can't hide anything from him. So we can come before him honestly and say, Lord, you know what's in my heart. You know the the great things that are in my heart. Lord, you also know some things that shouldn't be there. Lord, I need victory over those things. I need cleansing over those things. Let's go to number three. What is in your heart determines what you say and what you do. Now stick with me. All right? Read it, read it out loud from the big screen with me, okay? What is in your heart determines what you say and what you do. Here's what I mean. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. Jesus is speaking and he says, For from the heart, from the heart, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. And then if you looked at uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 34 and 35, again, Jesus is speaking there, and he says this. He says, For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So the question is, what kind, what kind of a heart do you have? Folks up in the balcony, on the main level, radio listeners, what kind of a heart do you have? Do you say and do good things, as Jesus stated, from the, from the treasury of a good heart? Or do you say and do evil things from the treasury of an evil heart? Right conduct can come only from a clean heart and a clean spirit. Amen? Right conduct comes from a clean heart and a clean spirit. And this takes us to our fourth point, and it is this. Number four. Pray for your heart to be purified, cleansed by the Holy Spirit. You and I need to pray as King David prayed in Psalm 51, verse 7, where he said, Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. And a few verses later, David says in Psalm 51, verse 10, David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create, create, create in me a clean heart, O God. Make it happen, Lord. In Acts 15, verse 8, while referring to some Gentile Christians, that is, non-Jewish Christians, we read, quote, 
For he, the Holy Spirit, cleansed their hearts through faith. He cleansed their hearts through faith. Here's a question. Have you sincerely asked and allowed the Holy Spirit to cleanse or purify your heart by faith? I ask you and I invite you to sincerely ask and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse and purify your heart by faith. Sometimes we sing a song called Refiner's Fire, or I just call it Purify My Heart. I want to ask us to just sing it as Anthony plays for us. Let's just sing it together. But reflect on on the truth. Reflect on the precious words. This is really a prayer. Amen? It's a prayer. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold, refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to Sing the second verse. Purify my heart, cleanse me from within, and make me holy. Purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin.
beautiful prayer. The same truth is captured in an older hymn called Cleanse Me, in which verse 1 says, Search me, O God, and, and know my heart. And why don't we just sing the, the first verse of that beautiful hymn. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. David cried out to God, create in me a clean heart, O God. And so must you and I, whether we simply pray it in words or whether we sing the prayer to the Lord, we need to do as King David did. We need to do as these, these songs that we just sang instruct us to do. Amen. And what David prayed for is stated in a slightly different way by the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 where we read, May the very God of peace sanctify you through and through. May the very God of peace sanctify you through and through. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, Now may the God of peace make you, make you holy in every way. That's praying for my heart, for your heart, to be purified, to be kept pure, to be kept cleansed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Here's a fifth truth we should keep in mind when we pray about our heart. Fifth is this. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord with all your heart. This is what the Bible tells us to do. 1 Kings 14, 8 says, King David followed the Lord with all his heart. 2 Chronicles 22, verse 9 says, Jehoshaphat was a man who sought the Lord. How? With all his heart. Are you a man or a woman who seeks the Lord with all your heart? That's what he wants from us. Consider truth number six. Number six is this. Love the Lord and other people with all your heart. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Jesus is speaking and he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes, that comes, listen now, that comes from a pure heart. That comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Isn't that beautiful? Amen? And number seven, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart, says God. In the New Living Translation Life Application Study Bible, the commentator on verse 23 says something beautiful. He says, Solomon tells us to guard our hearts above all else, making sure we concentrate on those desires that will keep us on the right path. Making sure we concentrate on those desires that will keep us on the right path. My friends, whether you're younger or older, guard your heart. And truth number eight, pray to do God's will with all your heart. Ephesians 6, the latter part of verse 6 says, do the will of God with all your heart. Isn't that beautiful? Do the will of God with all your heart. Wow. Wow. My friends, when you think of the thumb on your right hand, focus on making sure that your heart, my heart, is truly right with the Lord. Amen. I invite us to sing this beautiful hymn. And as we do, some of you may want to just bow your heads and pray. Some of you might want to come and kneel at this altar and spend a, spend a few moments in prayer and say, Lord, I want, to, uh, I want to pray about my heart. Or I want to pray for those that need special help, those that are weak. How good it is to know that the Lord hears our prayers. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand. And like I said, some of us may want to sing. Some of you may want to just not sing, just pray where you are. Or you might want to pray at this altar. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Oh.
to make sure that our heart is right with you and right with other people. Oh God, cleanse and purify our heart. Cleanse and purify our heart, Lord, so we have the right motives, the right intentions, the right spirit, the right mouth, the right language, the right actions for out of the heart flow what we say, what we do, what we don't do. Transform our hearts, Lord. Purify our heart, as the songwriter wrote. Cleanse us, cleanse me, Lord. And keep me, keep us cleansed by the work and the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.